Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Community is Our Middle Name podcast. My name is Gareth Oliver. Thanks for joining me again this week. I really appreciate you coming on board for another episode. This week, we're talking about mental health. It is Mental Health Awareness Month, and this week, I have Jasmine Wetherington, who is a psychosocial recovery coach, as well as doing some NDI support coordination. And we're going to talk about some tips. We're giving the top 10 tips for dealing with our mental health. It's been a challenging year, a challenging two years really, with all the all the lockdowns and COVID stuff we've had to deal with. So we've just we've just gone in and had a bit of a look and thought, what are the best tips we can find and that we can share and we can give some personal experiences to everyone listening to maybe help them with their mental health. So here it is. I'm talking to Jasmine on Communities Our Middle Name podcast, proudly presented by Grampians Community Health. <laughs> This week, I'm here with Jasmine Wetherington, who is a psychosocial recovery coach here at Grampians Community Health, among other things. Uh, have a, you have a number of hats here, don't you, Jasmine? Yeah, yep, yep. So I'm actually a support coordinator, but um, I'm doing a little bit of the recovery coaching at the moment as well. As well as just being a generally cool person around the office, I think, too. <laughs> we, we're going to give everyone some tips on looking after your mental health because it's mental health month this month. Um, we've got 10 tips. We're going to, we're going to play through them now. Jasmine, some of these, I don't know about you, but some of these I probably need to be better at myself. Yeah, we all do, I think. Yeah, but before we get into this stuff, just give us a little bit about yourself, about your background, about how you got into this field. Yeah, yep. Um, so obviously I had an interest in, in sort of the social work area for quite a long time since I was a teenager. Um, I had my own mental health issues and I went overseas for a little bit, came back and was like, you know, as you do when you're sort of 20, you're like, what am I going to do for the next however many years of my life? What do I want to do um, for a career? Um, so I fell into a few different jobs. I worked in retail for a little bit. Um, and then I started working in the disability sector as a support worker and did my study with that and then moved out regional and looked into doing a bit of mental health work. So that was through, still with Grampians Community Health, but that was through the Connection to Community and Continuity of Support mental health program that we have um, here. So I did that for probably a year and a half. And then, yeah, not long, moved into support coordination and recovery coaching. So it's kind of how I ended up where I am at the moment. So you got a bit of bit of experience behind you for a person, and, and I'm, I don't think I'm speaking at attorney, for a person who's not that old, who's um, <laughs> fairly young. Oh, a little bit, a little bit. Definitely, though, we're lucky at Grampians that we actually have a lot of stuff, have a lot of experience. Great, great place to work, great place to to learn from people who, who know a lot. Yeah, but I guess I have kind of moved a little bit. Uh, that's that's quite normal, though. A lot of people jump between jobs, especially when you're younger, trying to find your, your purpose and, and your place in life is an interesting little journey we all sort of go on. Now, we're going we're gonna to do the... Uh, Top 10 tips that we have found to look after your mental health during Mental Health Month, which is obviously running all of October. The first one we're going to talk about, Jasmine, is one that I am hopeless at, absolutely hopeless at, and that's <laughs> staying active. When, they, when we, we talk about staying active, we, we mean physically active, of course, don't we? 
Yeah, yep, yep. And I guess when it comes to being physically active as well, I am not a pro at that one. Um, but definitely as well, you know, given the current climate with COVID and things like that, it's something that we can do no matter whether we're in lockdown, whether we're not. And it is actually really good for our mental health. It, it helps, helps release, release those, um, good endorphins and good hormones there to sort of help improve our mood. So, you know, it's one of the main things that if you're working with, a counsellor or a psychologist that they'll they'll recommend that um, as a way of improving your mood and it just it's good for you know getting vitamin D getting out in the sun when it is sunny <laughs> it has been quite a wet winter but yeah really really good and we live in the Grampians so we have some you know beautiful places we can leave the house to go for a walk at and even we something as simple as taking your dog for a walk for a 20 minutes, half an hour walk is good for you, good for your pet. Um, I got a glimpse of Jasmine's new little puppy before, beautiful little thing. So it doesn't need to be, you don't need to be running marathons. It doesn't need to be super strenuous. It's just getting that little bit of physical activity, getting that bit of exercise, which first to put my hand up, I don't do anywhere near enough of. But getting it and doing a bit of that stuff is, is incredible. And it, it does, it's been it's been shown to, to do one to see mental health, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And like, even if you're not into going for a walk or whatever, I have a friend that what he's done is he's actually set up a little bit of a home gym and it hasn't actually been overly expensive. Um, you know, he just went down to Kmart and bought a few bits and pieces, which you can do if you're, you're Horsham End or, or Ararat and maybe they've got some at K-Hub, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, or even something as simple as uh, going out and playing with the kids, stuff like that. It doesn't have to be... Like you said, it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be super strenuous. It's just getting out there, getting moving, uh, getting that good vitamin D, but staying sun smart, of course, and, and making sure that we're looking after ourselves physically, which, which is a big part of looking after ourselves mentally, which, which does lead in to the second one, Jasmine, which is eating well, something that I maybe am also not the best at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They talk about eating a nutritious meal. So, you know, looking into what is healthy and what isn't healthy. Um, very easy, again, on weekends when we are not able to go anywhere to, I guess, go to the supermarket and buy some snacks and come home and sit on the couch and binge watch, you know, the newest Netflix like Squid Games or something at the moment. Um, I'm also not very good at this one. Sometimes I find myself doing exactly what I just said, but there's still choices that we can make where, you know, we're trying to include, even just including other things into our diets like vegetables or um, getting some fruit, getting some strawberries. It's coming into summer. We're starting to see a lot more um, variation in fruits in the supermarkets, even if it's not necessarily cutting out all your favourite things. It's just adding some good things in there too. And I don't think we're, we're saying cut out your favourite things. I know I smashed down a bag of tubes when I was watching the NRL Grand Final last weekend, but it's, like I said, it's limiting it. It's not doing that every single day. And it was an easy thing to fall into. I'll, and I, once again, I'll put my hand up and say during their lockdowns uh, I made sure I had plenty of lockdown snacks when I went to the supermarket and I would I would sit there and listen to listen to podcasts or watch you know whatever I'm watching on Netflix uh, you know Brooklyn Nine-Nine it was for me before Squid Game and and you, you just snack and it's 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 a habit that I think a lot of us have gotten into over the past 18 months or however long this thing's been going on. Feels like longer. And the other thing is that I, I noticed when I was doing stuff about Men's Health Week on our social media platform a few months back is that Australians aren't good at eating enough fruits and vegetables. I think it's two out of every five 
men don't eat the required amount of fruits and vegetables per day or per week. Uh, and I think it's similar numbers for women as well. I guess it's looking at that stuff. And it's I know it's easy to just say I can't be bothered and go to KFC or wherever, but I think it's making sure we're getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables and healthy stuff and less of the refined sugars and things like that. Yeah, definitely. And I guess, like, even within my age group, you'll notice, you know, if you've been to a friend's house or whatever, it's actually not that common anymore that people have a fruit bowl on the table. Like, I don't know if it was the same for you, Gareth, but when I was a kid, every house had a fruit bowl on the table, and it was always full. And if you wanted a snack, it was go to the fruit bowl, not go and get something out of the pa- out of the a packet out of the fridge or uh, fridge or freezer or out of the cupboard or whatever. But you know, it's it's not necessarily about just cutting everything out or making full changes. Um, I know somebody mentioned the other week um, that for them, having a little bit of chocolate when they weren't feeling great was a great comfort food. And that's okay, but it's about not necessarily sitting there and eating the whole block or, you know, self-caring in a way that you're having things that, that make you feel good, trying to do the rest as well. And it's so easy to just smash in a whole block of, of like the caramel or something, isn't it? It's... Oh yeah. It's oh yeah. Way, way too easy. It's, I guess it's that bit of willpower that we need to have as well. Clearly I don't have my, my Green Lantern willpower ring because, um, I can <laughs> quite, quite easily, um, get into the snacks and, and much of it. You're right as well about the fruit bowls. Um, I know for me, it's something that I've tried to, to instill in my kids is to, um, if they want a snack, there's plenty of fruit in the fridge. There's always, always strawberries or blueberries or there's always bananas or apples and make those, those good choices with, you know, they're still getting that sugar hit, but it's not that ultra refined sugar, which is really horrible for us. So, so, so far we're, we're, we're two in and both of us have got a bit to work on. We're yeah, going beautifully, Jason. <laughs> we're killing this at the moment. The next one is, um, now, this has been a big one with the COVID pandemic and with the, the lockdowns. And we were talking um, before we started recording about some of the cases that have broken out around here and, and people that are having to isolate. And it's connecting with others. It's been hard the past 18 months. How, how have you sort of connected with people who, especially those who you might not get to, to see that often anymore? Yeah, yeah. Look, this one's been really important for me actually, because um, when I moved to Horsham, I moved at the end of uh, 2019 um, and started started work with Greenhouse Community Health in the January, and then we went into lockdown in the March. So for me, I you know teed up to start playing netball so that I could make friends, so that I could get involved in the community, and then we weren't able to do that, which meant that. You know, I'm living in a new town, I've got a new job, I'm working from home, I don't have a lot of friends, I haven't had opportunity to meet a lot of people. Um, so for me, it was actually using social media platforms like Zoom and like Skype and Facebook Messenger to actually do those, you know, those online conversations with people and actually I had to be really deliberate about that and actually make time to connect with my old friends with people that I'd grown up with, but also like new work colleagues and stuff like that. So I know one time last year we had um, a night with a couple of my friends where we jumped online and we actually played um, online card games. So we played Cards Against Humanity, we played Uno, and we just socialised that way because 
even though you know I can be a very I can be a very antisocial person. I like a lot of my own time, um, especially in a social job. That I actually had to put that into practice and, and say to myself, you know, I might want to spend time on my own, but I also need to make time for the people I care about. And sometimes it's not just about you. Sometimes it's also about about your friends, especially my friends in Melbourne who were going through a much harsher lockdown, a much longer lockdown. It was just, you know, a good good mental health break for them who especially if they were homeschooling their kids or you know one of my friends has a child with special needs so for her that connection outside of the home was was super super important so you know connecting with others is great and it's not just about us but it's also about other people so what are the things we did with my kids who are as people listen to the podcast regularly know, I've got I've got young kids, um, primary and preschool age. One of the things we did, especially last year when we were in those first few lockdowns, was using FaceTime and FaceTiming different people every night and getting the kids to read their bedtime stories to people. And that was a really good thing, not just for for our kids to be one practicing their reading and and two, you know, being able to connect with family and friends who they might not who they might have seen a bit of previously but then all of a sudden couldn't. So, for example, my, my mum lives 10 minutes away, but I, we can't go and visit her at the moment because of the current COVID restrictions. Yeah. But also, like you said, for other people, especially people doing it tough in Melbourne. And, and it was also good for us because we got to reconnect with family and friends who we probably didn't, hadn't spoken to for a little while. And you, you do sort of fall into that trap of you, you get preoccupied with what you're doing in, with your own life between work and any family commitments and and your own life and and stuff like that and you do sometimes fall into that trap of you you neglect the social side a bit and i think we all do that a little bit and social media which is fantastic especially the gch facebook page i absolutely recommend everyone have a look at that Um, no bias there no bias at all (laughs) oh no well no because the twitter and instagram is just as good it's it's made connecting easier but in a way we don't connect face to face anywhere near as much pre-pandemic as we, what we probably used to because it's easy just to send a message over Messenger or write on someone's Facebook wall or, or tweet at them or something like that. So I think it's, that's a good lesson to learn from this pandemic is when, when it's all over and done with, maybe we should all, including me once again, hands up in the air, about making that time to, to catch up and see people in person. Even in the office, Jasmine, I know that um, a few times we've got to catch up in the office has been has been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, the reality is, at the moment, we aren't able to have everybody come into the office, which means we don't see a lot of staff over a long period of time sometimes. And I definitely I'm finding that I'm not as social again face-to-face is what I used to be and part of the reason for that I think is catching up you're not supposed to have people in your home which means that if we're catching up with people we're going out for meals we're spending more money it's more of a, a drain on the finances I think it's about finding creative ways to still do that like going to the park maybe and sitting there with your friends or still going for those walks because I think some of us have sort of turned off the idea of going for a walk because we're like well you know I'm allowed to do that in lockdown why would I do that now I think it's, yeah, actually getting out and making that conscious effort to be like, you know what, it's actually good for my mental health, it's good for my friends' mental health to actually see them face-to-face sometimes, especially especially our single friends, like people that don't have partners live on their own, they work um, and they can't have people come to their home and it's a bit different for them trying to socialise with others. So I think being deliberate, um, you know, if you are single, being deliberate about making time with friends. Yeah, and that, that also probably ties into if you've got older family members as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. 
you know, who for, for maybe different reasons might be on their own. They could have, they could have lost a, a long-term partner, for example. And older family members in particular are more likely to feel isolated, aren't necessarily as up with technology, although a lot of people, older people have gotten better at using things like Zoom and, and Messenger um, and FaceTime. Yeah, I think all that's important. And another thing that our, our kids' school actually did last year was they got the kids to write letters, like actual letters to each other. We There was special little mailbox things they'd set up at the school when we went to pick the learning packs up. You drop the letters off and then the next week, the kids came back with a whole bundle full of letters from their classmates, which was... Isn't that nice? Yeah, and, and a lot of schools uh, around Ararat as well last year got kids to do pictures and letters and sent them to places like their retirement village. Yeah, yeah. Which was they a good thing too. Visitors. Yeah. Yeah. Something for so, them to look forward to. And that's that creative stuff that you were talking about as well. We don't re- receive letters. We dread going to the mailbox unless we're getting a parcel because generally it's a bill. <laughs> no yeah, one, I'm living, but, living out of town at the moment as well and I'm, I find that uh, I barely check the mailbox at the moment because I'm like, oh, it's like a K down to the letterbox. I really don't want to go check it. But, there's your um, walk. Yeah. There's your walk. Take your, yeah, take your puppy. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in a similar boat. It's about, about a K and a half to the letterboxes for, for us. It's, but it's a good little little walk for the take the dogs or the kids on their bikes it's it's really good um we sort of discussed this a little bit which is something you enjoy each day's tip for so what's something that you enjoy doing every day honestly for me probably not a great thing but for me to unwind at the end of the day um after i've had dinner is yeah usually i watch an episode of a tv show that'll be my thing um but also another thing that my partner and i have done ever since we've been together is a couple of times a week we'll jump in the car and we'll go for a night drive somewhere. Obviously you can't do this within lockdowns, but during certain COVID um, restrictions we have been able to. And a good part of that for us, it means that we have space to actually talk, make sure that the other one's doing all right, talk about what's going on during their work day. Because if you just sit down and watch Netflix all night, you often won't do that. I think there is a time and a place for sitting down and watching Netflix just on mine and not talk, um, but making that time. And I think as well, sitting down and having dinner together um, is something that we're starting to do. We didn't have a dinner table at our old house. It was too small, but now we're in a bigger place. We do. So we'll sit down and actually eat together. Again, have that communication. Um, yeah, that's something we do as well. We, um, My wife and, and kids and I, we all sit down together and, and we all talk about even when it was remote learning we'd, we'd still speak about you know what was what was the best thing from your day or what's something you enjoyed today and, and tried not to dwell on any any negative stuff and now that i've got kids back at school and kinder we can talk about that sort of stuff again and it's that communication which you don't necessarily get when you're all sitting around watching tv um i must admit i'm a bit of a gamer i'm generally on the playstation most nights <laughs> after the kids are gone to bed um, but it's something that I enjoy and it's something that helps me sort of relax and, and chill out. And I'm not going to judge people for, for what they do to, to relax if, if it's sitting there binging the latest series. That's something I'm definitely guilty of up to season five of Squid Game. Yeah, I was about to say, watching, watching Squid Game, I'm only in the first season, but, uh, very worth it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Episode five. Sorry. Um, yeah, man. Interesting show. Uh, yeah, but doing something you enjoy and it can be, there's, there's other things and you don't have to do it every day. Like, I, I enjoy painting. I haven't done it for a little while. I probably need to get back out and do it. But that's that's something that's nice and cathartic. And or uh, I also do podcasts, not just this podcast, but another podcast, which is another another cool thing to um to sort of do as well. Or, or even if it's just 
sitting on your on your balcony listening to music or you know listening to, to the birds and watching nature go past that's that's fun for me too i'm not an interesting person yeah but that's the thing it's it's and like you said before it's not about doing it you know every day choosing mm. something you enjoy every day it's making time in your week and, and planning sometimes which i think is one of the other one of the other tips that we'll go to later on but it's also sort of thinking ahead like okay so i'm not working this weekend what what am i going to do on sunday afternoon what do i need right now like, what do I actually need to be doing right now to help my mental health? Especially with, you know, we're all feeling quite drained with the lockdowns and the restrictions and not being able to go visit people. And, you know, also the fear of travelling at the moment. Like, I know a lot of people, even in regional Victoria, don't want to move around too much because, you know, one week there's an outbreak in Hamilton, one week there's an outbreak in Ararat, and then we're talking along the coast. Like, so people aren't going away too much. But it's about saying, okay, well, what can I do close to home? you know maybe that's going camping for a night maybe that's you know sitting down and doing painting setting myself up outside for the whole afternoon so I can do some arts and crafts or you know maybe it's setting up your own I don't know something out of town at at your farm or whatever if you live out of town or going for a walk and exploring new things in town that you haven't before Um, you don't, it doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. It can just be something that you look forward to. Yeah. Getting out, kicking the footy with the kids, something as simple as that even. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a good point you made because I know that last school holidays, we, we made a conscious effort not to go to Ballarat because that was, you know, in lockdown for a while, I think too, but trying to find things closer to home. Like I said, very lucky that we live in the Grampians and we can, we can do that. Now the fifth tip is to limit media consumption, which is, not necessarily podcasts, by the way. You can listen to as many podcasts as you like. Um, and choose trusted sources for your media as well. And this is a big thing with, with COVID because there is a lot of misinformation out there and it is easy to start doom scrolling. Um, I think as well, you know, a lot of us do sort of spend any time where we're not doing something on our phones, where we live in a, in a day and age now where we don't have space to get bored. Um, so the second we're bored, we flip out the phone and we scroll through Facebook, we scroll through Instagram. I'm guilty of it. I'm always guilty of it. But, you know, you can put limits on that, you know, leaving your phone inside for a while. I do try and do that at least once a week. I'll try and put my phone on charge and, and just ignore it for a little bit because it is actually good for us to have a break from devices and and even from, you know, watching television, yeah, one thing I do is at night my phone stays in the lounge room. So once once I'm I'm done for the day and I'm ready to, to go to bed, that's I don't look at my phone again until the next day. Uh, and I've also turned the notifications off for Facebook, which I found made a huge difference too. Yeah, I found not getting the notifications meant that you're not compelled to. Oh, that's my phone's beeped at me, or I've got a big red notification on my phone. You're not compelled to pick it up and check that as, as much as you would. Be when it's when it's there. So that's something that I've I've tried to do as well. And I also a bit like yourself tried to to leave my phone home more, but that's a bit hard nowadays because we have to take it with us to check in when we go places. Yeah, 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 true. Um, but there is also I don't know if you know about this, but probably a few people who have iPhones would because it comes up as um a notification sometimes. But on your phone now, if you swipe like to the left and scroll down, you can actually see usage in hours and minutes 
for every day and it gives you an average for every day. And if you scroll down a little bit more, there's categories and it'll show you how much time you use on each app. So for me, apparently I use Snapchat more than anything else. Um, and then Facebook and then Messenger. So it says, you know, obviously I'm doing a little bit more social mediaing than what I would probably like, but it's kind of honestly a good way to make yourself feel bad about how much time you're wasting on it. Like, I think I had a day last week where it was like five hours and I'm like, what am I doing? Five hours is like almost half of my day. Mm-hmm. I'm spending that much time scrolling. Yep. And what am I getting out of that? Nothing. No, I often um, often get off Facebook in particular um, and I think, how am I friends with some of these people? Because it just makes <laughs> me feel so so anxious and so that's some of the stuff that people are spreading, some of the misinformation. And, yeah, I, I, um, I get the, the weekly um, average notification of how much time I've been on my phone come up. And, yeah, I'm on Twitter the most. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also I took all the games I had on my phone off as well. So that was another way that I spent less time on my phone was by getting rid of any of the games. I've got my PlayStation, I've got some games on the iPad, but I, I don't have the games on my phone anymore. And look, I think if it's, there is useful things as well we can be doing on our phone. Like I've got Duolingo to learn some, some new languages, which I think is a good thing. It's a doom scrolling, I think, which for people who don't know what doom scrolling is, Jasmine, you would know what it is, I'm sure, but where <laughs> you just, you just scroll through your, your Twitter feed or your Facebook feed and you, you, you almost, it's like you are seeking out the, the stuff that's going to make you angry or make you upset. I'm bad for that with Facebook. Yeah, look, and I think as well, one thing we need to realise is a lot of the time our social media is filled with the stuff that we talk about most, that we think about most, that we're most interested in. So for me, um, I was still am really big on advocating for mental health and making good decisions around your mental health. I love Instagram. I'm on Instagram a lot. Don't post a lot, but I do post a lot of sort of quote stories and stuff like that because, you know, that's stuff that I always used to find helpful, seeing really positive quotes and that. But in that, that means that I've looked at that stuff before. So I look at hashtags and things like self-care, like mental health, and that's all really great stuff. But if you scroll through a lot of, um, you know, the suggested posts, some, yeah, are really positive. But then there's others that actually glorify this idea of bad mental health and keeping us in that negative mindset. So I went through my Instagram last year and I did a massive cull and I actually unfollowed every single mental health promotion page or, you know, quote page that I followed, all of them. I got rid of all of them because I was noticing my mental health wasn't going great. And I'm like, surely this stuff is not actually helping me. So I did. I unfollowed all of them. And now I'm very, very deliberate. I don't follow heaps and heaps of accounts. I make sure that what I'm following, like I'll look at a quote and be like, oh, that's really great. Instead of following them, I click on the page and I see what other content they post so that I know that the stuff that I'm feeding my mind is actually positive for my state of mind. Like sometimes we don't realize, but the social media, the media, the news has a huge impact on how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about society and doing things like doom scrolling is just encouraging that negative mindset even more. So even with, it's good to know what the case numbers are doing in Victoria with COVID. I don't check them every day because all that's doing is inciting fear into me. Do the right things, wear your mask, 
social distance, follow the rules, but don't obsess over the numbers. Just do your part because if it's not making you feel good, you know, it's not helping the way you see the world, then really, like, what what are we doing with our time? Yeah, um, I must admit that I... And, look, this is partly because... I sort of need to be across this information for my job, but I do look at the COVID numbers and stuff quite a bit. Uh, and it's interesting, my, my suggested stuff on, on Twitter, where, where they give you, you know, the, your suggestions for what you might be interested in looking at. A lot of political stuff, so I must get into a lot of political things, um, which is <laughs> definitely not good for anyone's mental health, for state of politics in the world at the moment, to be honest. Uh, we won't go into that. We'll leave the politics out of this podcast and um, we might take a, a very, very quick break and we'll be back with the next five tips very shortly. Community's a Middle Name podcast is proudly presented by Grampians Community Health. Grampians Community Health offers a wide range of services across the Wimmera Grampians region, servicing the following local government areas Northern Grampians Shire, Arrat Rural City Council, Horsham Rural City, Pyrenees Shire, West Wimmera Shire, Hindmarsh Shire, and Yarriambiak Shire. Services available include alcohol and other drug support, carer support, community aged care and disability support, including NDIS support coordination and plan management, counselling across a wide range of sectors, homelessness support, gamblers help community mental health, and a whole lot more. For more information, go to our website, gch.org.au, or contact us 5358-7400, Monday to Friday between 9 to 5, or visit one of our main sites in Ararat, Stall, or Horsham. Grampians Community Health, for you, your family, and our communities. Uh, welcome back. I'm with Jasmine Weatherington, psycho-social recovery coach, NDA support coordinator, all-around cool person, and we're talking about 10 tips for your mental health. So we, we gave five tips before the break. Jasmine, we're up to tip six. Keep a routine. Now, how important is routine for you in your life? Honestly, I'm a very routine person naturally, so it's not really something I have to force, but yeah, I think we all sort of have daily routines that we kind of stick to, to an extent anyway. But in saying that, yeah, like it goes beyond just everyday stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We talked a bit about this before the break about setting some time aside in the week, planning some time in the week to go and do something that you enjoy. So be it painting or be it going to see a movie or going down to the park with the kids or taking your dog for a walk, things like that. I find it important to keep a routine as things that come out of the blue for me really cause my anxiety which is bad enough as it is but it really causes it to go through the roof i like to know what's happening i like to know what when where i'm meant to be doing things um otherwise i'm i'm hopeless i just fall fall into a heap so it is important for for you things like like that especially people who do suffer from pretty bad anxiety and it's it's not we're not saying everything needs to be done to the minute like it's not you know like 12 14 p.m talk to jasmine 12, 19 p.m., eat a sandwich, you know, things like that. It's it's just saying, all right, on, th- on this day, around this time, this is what I'm going to do. I know this is happening. I know I have to be at this place on this time. For me, that's really good for my mental health anyway. Yeah, I think planning helps with a bit of uncertainty as well. Like, we might not know when we might be going into a lockdown. Like, we could be in one Friday this week. We don't, we don't know. But the reality is, is keeping a routine can actually mean including things like 
getting exercise, sleeping well, um, you know, making time for recreational activities around work. I think that's sort of, you know, a good good thing to keep in mind with this is a mental health tip. It's actually putting things in there that are going to be good for our mental health in a routine. So saying at the start of the week, this this week I'm going to go for a walk. You know, if you don't do exercise much, I'm going to go for a walk twice this week. And I'm going to do it on Monday and Thursday because I know that Monday and Thursday are not going to be big days for me. I won't be tired so I can get up early and go for a walk or after I finish work or after I finish an appointment in the afternoon, I can go for a walk at four o'clock, five o'clock because we know that that's going to help us with our mental health. We know that that's going to be keeping some kind of routine that you're going to feel good about afterwards. And you mentioned as well work, and we can talk a little bit about this because so many people have been working from home. And if you've been working in an office, you have your routine. You know, like for me, it would be 10.30, I'll go and grab a coffee. I might have lunch at half past 12. You know, I might have another break, say maybe 3 o'clock. A lot of people's work routines were thrown out by working from home as well because you're not just sitting at a desk when you're working from home, as you know. People aren't make, aren't making that time to have those little breaks that they probably need. And I know this from talking to people. I know this anecdotally from speaking to other colleagues. I think that's an important thing when we're working from home as well, is to make sure that we still take those breaks that we would take if we were on site. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, as well, I've heard a couple of people, I don't do this, I probably should, but I don't. Some people will actually get up early, go for a walk, come back home, have a shower, get dressed, and then they're ready to start working from home for the day because it keeps that morning routine that they might do if they were to go to work. I've kept the same routine for my work day at home as I would have it at the office. So if at the office I was going to have a coffee at 10.30, I do the same thing here. I close the computer off. I don't look at it until quarter to 11 or whatever time um, I, I get back to it. And, yeah, morning routines as well are quite important, and, and they've been thrown out of whack with homeschooling and things like that. So my general morning routine is I get up, I make the lunches for the kids for school, breakfast and things like that. And no, no TV is a big in the morning for school morning swell is a big thing in my house. So keeping that routine going, even during homeschooling, was a big, big thing as well. Weekends, fine. Kids who want to watch TV for a little while, do that. But I think routine is important, not just for us, but for, for kids as well who have also had the mental health issues during the past 18 months. And let's not deny that. We know that numbers are, are up for calls to things like Kids Helpline and Headspace and stuff like that. So very important. Another important thing that I don't do is getting an early night. I am extremely guilty of being on the PlayStation until 11 o'clock, 11.30 at night. <laughs> Depending what game I'm playing, if it's something like Civilization, it could even be longer because I don't know what that does, but it's a time vampire. But getting enough sleep is hugely important for mental health, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. They do say, you know, the better we, the better sleep that we get, the better our mental health actually is. And, and part of that as well is, you know, even if you don't have mental health issues, I think everyone can can say that they don't get enough sleep. They're a little bit cranky the next day. Things are a little bit hard to deal with, you know, and that's 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 generally, um, personally speaking, I can't stay up late at the moment because being pregnant, I'm very tired. So even trying to stay up late, late to watch a TV show, I will fall asleep no matter what position I am sitting in at the moment but I think generally speaking it's yeah it is a good thing for us to actually try and get those earlier hours sleep they say sleep before midnight is actually the better sleep for us so you know the earlier you can go to bed even if it's trying to push your bedtime back half an hour or an hour or an hour and a half just starting you know little increments can make a make a huge difference and I I will say um 
just give you a, a bit of a, a tip, having been through it, make the most of your sleep now. <laughs> I think my body's forcing me to, to to make the most of my sleep now. And uh, I, I I don't miss those nights of getting up in the middle of the night to change nappies. Or... <laughs> I'm only at the start. Yeah. 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 Oh no, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. So you'll be you'll do a good job. So being kind to yourself is tip number eight, and that's something that a lot of us are not good at. A lot of people are very self-critical, and I think places like Instagram probably don't help things like this i saw a great tweet the other day when instagram was and facebook were down saying that now instagram's down instagram influencers are gonna have to go door to door to make teenage girls feel bad about themselves it's horrible but it's true isn't it yeah it is it is it's back to what we were talking about before as well and just being careful on who and what you follow like you just because you are friends with somebody or you know someone or they're a family friend or maybe they are family it doesn't mean we have to follow them on social media. If they're posting stuff that's quite negative or that makes you feel not good about yourself or about your situation, then you can unfollow them. Like even on Facebook, you don't have to de- unfriend somebody. You can go to the page and where it says friend, you can just click on that tab and click unfollow and then their posts are not going to come up in your newsfeed. I've done that multiple times because... You know, we do need to be kind to ourselves and be considerate of, of, of basically the media we're feeding our bodies. And it's not only media, it's also relationships with other people. You know, for instance, I've got some people in my life that I love dearly, but I can't see them when I'm not my best. And if I'm feeling stressed or overwhelmed, it's actually okay to say, hey, look, I can't do today. It's okay to cancel if you need to cancel things. And, you know, don't just cancel to stay in bed. That's something that I can do when I'm not feeling well is just say, hey, I'm not doing this today and then spend the day moping in bed because I'm not feeling great. Still replace those things with things that are going to make you feel good. So going out for breakfast with them might not make you feel good. But maybe getting out and going for a walk with your partner or your kids or someone close to you, that might be more positive for you at that time too. So learning to be kind and say no, saying no to things that are not, not good for us. Uh, the mute button on Twitter has been a, is an absolute godsend because then you don't have to block people. And some trolls wear that as a badge of honour, getting blocked. So the mute button's fantastic. And I also, I'm a bit like you, I've used the unfollow and I use the snooze option on Facebook as well. Yeah. So you can, temporarily for 30 days whatever and i do that a lot i've I've seen but i've seen people posting anti-vax conspiracy stuff on my facebook feed just get a reaction oh yeah yeah i think so i think so or i actually when i had my first vax vaccination i i put it on my my other podcast facebook page and i got abused by people telling Mm. me what how stupid i was you know, what an idiot and why would you do that to yourself and it's poison and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, the, the muting or unfollowing is definitely an option for stuff like that. And being kind to yourself as well is also not killing yourself over mistakes that you make either. We all make mistakes. We all do things that in hindsight we wish we hadn't, but it's not beating yourself up too much about it as well, I think. Look, if this one thing I really encouraged my clients to do when I was working um, in the mental health area with my continuity support program was, you know, I had some clients that would beat themselves up because they would not have done much in a day because they're feeling so depressed that the idea of that stuff makes them really anxious. One of the things I said said to them, uh, well, to a couple of clients last year was, if all you can do for one day is actually get out of bed and have a shower, maybe make your bed 
and make yourself a coffee at a set time. So say we're not saying doing this at one o'clock, trying to do this at nine o'clock in the morning. So you're setting yourself up with a good start to your day. That's actually okay. And we need to not beat ourselves up over that. That sometimes, not doing it all the time, but sometimes allowing ourselves space to actually just be that day, just get through that day is okay. Yeah, John Lennon famously said that a wasted day isn't wasted if you enjoy it. Yeah, that's good. And I I agree with that. I mean, you're right. Some days you just want to sit on the couch and watch the footy or watch watch a movie or you're just having an eye can't be bothered day. Another thing that we, we probably don't do enough as well as a society, and I'm going to generalize a bit here, we don't celebrate our small wins as much as we commiserate over our small losses. So we, we have something bad happen to us and, and this is probably human nature. I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, but we, we stew on, on the negative a lot more than we do celebrate the positives. And I think that's something that we need to do, especially, and this is stuff I've learned from the resilience project being a big thing in our LGA recently is, Celebrating those those small wins, celebrating the good things, being grateful for what we have, which is another lesson that I think a lot of us need to learn, and just being mindful about our actions and how they affect other people. And I think if you can can celebrate those little good things that we're doing, and look, in, in the work you do and, and a lot of the people at GCH do, we are doing good things and we are winning for people. We don't celebrate that enough as individuals, I don't think. No, definitely not. And I think, you know, this goes for both people who are, you know, accessing services as well as workers. As a worker, sometimes we don't stop to reflect on the small wins with people that we work with, especially when we work in areas where sometimes we don't see a lot of change and we want to be able to bring that change. Even just, you know, those small little wins, you know, the positive conversations we have with a client. It's good to actually step back and say, hey, you know what? I did a good job today. I did the best I could. And that that person left and appeared to feel better than what they, they did when they came. And that's, and that's a really positive thing. But as well as our clients that come to services that may have dealt with mental health issues for a really long time because of a lot of a lot of different reasons or maybe there isn't a reason it's actually good to come in and say you know what between my last session and now all I achieved was I went down the street and um, I went and had that conversation with that organization that I've been putting off for ages because I've been really stressed about it you know what well done because you still did something there you were proactive in in doing something to better your mental health you can't be asking yourself too much if you got out of bed when, you know, the last three days you've, you haven't gotten out of bed until after lunch, you got out of bed this morning at 9.30, well done, because that is a step forward, that you're doing something that's positively contributing to bettering your mental health. And, you know, sometimes you can't ask for more than that. That's okay. Yeah, and absolutely celebrate those sort of things because it is it is tough. There are days, you know, when you're, you're really down, and I can speak from personal experience here. I remember one, one day when I had one of my really bad days uh, many years ago. I didn't get out of bed till six o'clock at night. That wasn't healthy for me and it certainly wasn't healthy for people who who cared about me. Yeah, you're right. Just those little things that we can we can do. And it, not just if you if you're having a mental health if you have mental health issues. Even just day to day, celebrate the little things. It yeah. doesn't have to be anything huge. It can be just something small that you you know you might have done or you, your partner might have done or your kids might have done or your family and friends and you know, like you said, let people know, good job, well done for, for that. That's a really good thing to do. Yeah. And I don't know if you've noticed, Gareth, but like 
this is one thing that only became clear to me when I moved overseas to an African country for a year was that in Australia, we are a very modest culture. When I say modest, I mean, you'll say, oh, good job. And we are very quick to blow that compliment off and say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I was just doing my job or I was just doing the right thing. Or, you know, it's actually okay to say that you're good at things. It's actually okay to admit and say to yourself, you've done a good job because we get caught up sometimes in this culture of modesty that we forget to give ourselves a pat on the back for where we have done well. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we need to do sort of say, instead of just me saying, hey, Jasmine, I think you did an awesome job on with that last client. Good job. You're just like, oh, no, you know, just doing my job, you know. Actually saying, yeah, you know what, I did do something good and I have made a positive difference yeah. in someone's life and a positive difference in my own life, which is just as important, if not more important, really. Absolutely. So, like, yeah, yeah, you're just doing your job, but you could have also not gone that extra step like you chose to. Yeah. Uh, and it's good to actually celebrate that. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a really good point. And that sort of leads into the next one, number nine, which is maintain perspective. We do see a lot of doom and gloom and we do dwell on the negatives and we doom scroll and we do all these sort of things. But I'll give you a quote actually from, from my seven year old who said to me one day, she said, Dad, the world cannot be a bad place because it has books in it. <laughs> that's nice. To me, that's, that perfectly encapsulates this maintained perspective. We need to sort of stop and look. And like you said, you've lived in Africa. You've probably seen some stuff that people in Australia would have never seen. I've worked in remote Indigenous communities in the Northern Territory. I've seen stuff that people around here would be shocked at. We need to maintain a perspective that, hey, we're lucky. We're, We're lucky to live where we are. We're lucky to have the lives that we do. In most cases, obviously, some people have really tough circumstances. But overall, I think... We don't have that perspective, and I think that's that gratitude that we and that, that mindfulness that we don't always see. Definitely, and I think I think often it's natural to just go straight to the pessimistic point of view and and, and look at everything negatively and and say, oh, you know, we're in a pandemic, we don't know when it's going to end. It, well, is me, the world is is a bad place, but there are still really positive things in that. Like for us that are still working, that's great. We still have a job. We're still getting paid. But for those who aren't, you know, maybe looking at it from a different perspective. So I may not be working right now. Things are really hard. But what is good in my life? I've got some great supports around me. I've got some beautiful kids. I have, you know, independence. I have, they're they're small things. And it's looking for what that looks like for you as well. But also keeping an open mind of hopefully this won't last forever. We probably will have a new you know, a new society, the way we do things is going to be different. But there are positive changes from that. I don't know about you, but I haven't got the flu over the last 12 months. And that's a first for me. I haven't gotten sick. That's a positive thing. But just keeping that openness and acceptance, like accepting that we are where we are right now. It's not great, but I'm going to make the most of what I can right now and try and enjoy my life and be present in this current point that I'm at right now. Yeah, and that goes back to what we were saying earlier about taking the, taking the small wins. Look, we're not saying that pandemic's been easy. It's not. It's been horrible for everyone. But yeah, focusing on those little positives, and because there still are positives in our lives, even if we have been locked down and we have been having a homeschool and we haven't been able to go and visit friends at their homes and things like that, there are still positives that we can draw out of out of our life regardless. And that can be something that's happened at work. It can be something that's happened, you know, perhaps with family or friends or they might have had something positive in their life. It could even be celebrating if your team wins a grand final. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. Something like, like that. Like you said earlier as well, Gareth, you and your family sit down and have dinner together at the table every night and you talk about one positive thing that happened in your day. And, you know, still I think it's good to talk about, you know, what didn't go well today because it's good to process that. I think that, you know, pretending when maintaining perspective isn't pretending that everything's okay. Maintaining perspective is actually accepting that things aren't always okay, still being open to talking about it, but trying to process that information and still looking at the positives within that situation that you're in. Yeah, that is something that we've had to discuss with the kids as well. You know, if things haven't gone their way at school or at netball or wherever, just saying, look, it doesn't matter. Everyone makes mistakes. You're not going to get everything right all the time. That's how you learn. We learn from mistakes. We don't learn from getting everything right all the time. Negatives can sometimes be positive if we learn something from it. And the last one, of course, Jasmine, um, which we can speak to a little bit, is seeking help. And this is extremely important um, as I know from from lived experience and – you probably do as well. And there's plenty of places where we can people can get help in our part of the world, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, definitely there is. Um, obviously we are a community service organization and we have a lot of a lot of different services, um, including NDIS, which is uh growing with great Grammys Community Health at the moment. So um, you know, we have employed more sport coordinators like myself, more so psychosocial recovery coaching is also new, um, and that is similar to support coordination, um, but it sort of sits between a support worker and a support coordinator in that it's a little bit more hands-on, a little bit more personal to support with mental health. Um, but for those people that don't, you know, have NDIS access, there is also Connection to Community, which is a recovery-based program. So it looks at supporting people who have mental health issues that are wanting to connect back to back into their community maybe after a period of time where they haven't been able to or maybe they have a goal that they want to achieve but they just can't quite do it on their own they can do that with the connection to community program you know there's also other mental health programs that we run like continuity support we have counselors generalist we also have uh, counselors for family violence we have dual diagnosis workers as well so those are case managers that work with people who may have substance abuse issues alcohol issues mental health issues or even disabilities and they can work with them as well around their goals and needs as well as ARD counsellors um, and etc. So we're a really lucky organisation that we have so many different services and people to get into those services all they have to do is make contact GCH and have that talk and take that step forward to be able to do that. There's also other services in the area that people are more than welcome to make contact to by just doing a quick Google search to see where those support services are. Um, it's it's not about just getting help with our organisation, but it's about just reaching out and getting help because things may not be going okay. Even your GP is, is a good place to start. Great that's, place to start, yeah. Yeah, that's where I started many, many years ago, the GP. It, it is really important to know that there is help out there and that there are services that can meet your individual needs at a particular point in time, you know, because I know when I was really struggling with my own mental health, there was a period there where I didn't reach out and because I didn't reach out, it escalated, it got worse and I ended up in hospital. And I think it's important to 
get onto it earlier. I think we're at a point in time now where we're all very isolated more than we have been before. Um, and sometimes just talking about it, even if you think, you know what, I am doing okay, but I am noticing maybe that some things aren't okay. There's no shame in talking about that. And, you know, I think people say often, more often than not that it's women that reach out and get the help and support services as well. But personally, um, in my roles here at this organisation, I've found more often than not I have more male clients than I do female clients. That's generally speaking not the case. I know that, but it's good to know that you're not alone. And actually, we're all going through this pandemic together. We're all going through COVID together and we're all experiencing hardship in different ways. Yeah, and we're a lot more knowledgeable about mental health as well than we were 10 years ago. And it's a lot more accepted and people are more willing to talk about it, which is good. And, you know, we've seen some high profile people, athletes, actors, etc., come out and then talk about their struggles with their mental health. And I think that that shows for some people, especially probably younger younger men, that, look, it's okay. It happens to, to a lot of people. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to discuss these things and get the help that you need. And I think that's the most important thing. If you are having issues, to get the help you need. All the services Jasmine mentioned, by the way, are, available, are listed on our website, gch.org.au, or you can give us a call, 5358 7400, business hours, Monday to Friday, for a bit more information and um, our, our friendly customer engagement team will be able to point you in the right direction. So, Jasmine, is there anything that you would like to just, any last point you want to get across before we, we wrap it up and um, and finish this yeah. interview? It's been, it's been fun. Yeah, no, it's been good. I think you've covered it pretty well. Um, but just know, you know, if there's questions that you have to ask, calling up and speaking to the intake team or speaking to our, you know, friendly reception staff, it's okay to just call and ask questions and then sit with that. At least you're taking that first step. That's that's all you can ask of yourself. Jasmine, hopefully we'll get to catch up with you in person again before, um, before the baby comes along. Hopefully. <laughs> it's been, been lovely chatting. Thank you for your time. And um, we'll be talking again very soon, I hope. No worries. See you later. There we go. That's our discussion with Jasmine. Thank you again, Jasmine, for joining us on Communities of Middle Name podcast and for going through those top 10 tips for dealing with our mental health. My name is Gareth Oliver. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Grampians Community Health, of course, is the one who is behind this podcast, Grampians Community Health, for you, your family, and our community, and we service communities right across Western Victoria, from um, right up past Horsham, down as far as Lake Bolac, across to Beaufort, so a wide area with a wide range of services. The Community is our name podcast, of course, is recorded and produced on the traditional lands of the Jabwarong people, and we'd like to pay our respects to all elders, past, present, and emerging the intro and outro music is an original by Andrew Parsons and that is used with his permission. You can follow Grampians Community Health on social media, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Grampians Community Health or the handles on Instagram and Twitter are at GCH Grampians. Check out our website, gch.org.au for more information about the programs that are offered or give us a call, 5358 and uh, visit one of our sites in Arant, Stall or Horsham for more information or to speak to someone about perhaps some services that you might require. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Podbean. You can also find it on Google Podcasts, Amazon, TuneIn, 
And now on Spotify, been saying for a couple of weeks, going to get it on Spotify. We're now available to stream on Spotify as well, which is very exciting. So pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, you can find this one. Thank you again for joining me. My name is Gareth Oliver, guys. I hope you have a great week, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. So long. Mm-hmm.